3: From KQBD Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, it's Fashion Friday. Okay, that's not a thing, but we thought we'd talk fashion today after a week of intense topics. And because as history teaches us, moments of global crisis can transform our relationship to clothes in lasting ways. So what's the clothing that's getting you through? And what do you think fashion will be after a period when fashion mattered less? Share your thoughts after this news. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. You may not be thinking much about your clothes these days, but Elizabeth Segrin, a senior staff writer at Fast Company, says the fashion industry certainly is. Will the work from home set ditch their sweatpants when the pandemic is over, for example? And will people really want to dress up again? Or has fashion permanently shifted, as it often does in response to extraordinary times? Elizabeth Segrin, welcome to Forum.
4: Thank you so much for
3: having me. I I want to start by sharing a tweet we got when we asked listeners yesterday what item of clothing has been getting them through the pandemic. This is from Brendan, who tweets, I have informal and formal sweatpants now for staying in or going to the grocery store, respectively. The formal ones are black. That's the difference. (laughs) I, I certainly, I like this tweet because certainly sales and searches for sweatpants spiked this year, whether you were lucky enough to work from home or even reported regularly to a job because days off were often spent at home and and people were craving comfort, right?
4: Absolutely. Um, There were two big uh, types of uh, uh, categories of clothes that people tended to invest in, a lot of loungewear, sweatpants. Um, I'm sort of on the other side of this. I was really into wearing uh, very comfortable, glorified versions of um, of nightgowns, basically. There, there's a whole trend now Um around a dress called the nap dress that it's so comfortable that you're, you're able to do a zoom call and then immediately go into your afternoon nap. Um, and so really it seems like uh, comfort is key regardless of uh, what aesthetic you're going for.
3: And it makes sense because as you write, it's not the first time that during moments of crisis, fashion pivots to meet the needs of the moment.
4: Absolutely. I mean, in, More broadly, over the last hundred years, the story of fashion has been a story of casualization. As a society, we've sort of made the collective decision that we are done with uh, formal uncomfortable clothes and we're far more interested in wearing clothes that uh, allow us to do what we need to do and and feel comfortable in. Um, And what's interesting is that moments of crisis have accelerated this shift towards more casual clothing. So in World War I, for instance, um, women previously had been wearing gowns that they would change in and out of throughout the day. And during World War I, they decided that that was too complicated. They were just going to stick to one dress um, and their dress started to have pockets in it, um, which was a big development in women's fashion. Then after World War II, um, women uh, started wearing trousers, um, which was another shift in casualization. Um, And and so moments of crisis tend to um, propel us further into this this casual aesthetic. And I think we're seeing the same thing happen now with this this pandemic.
3: So then does that mean that this pandemic will make us even more casual afterward, meaning Sweatpants will become what jeans were for example in the before times.
4: I I think that that is is going to happen. Um, but I, I do have a caveat, though, which is that during moments of crisis, we tend to wear clothes uh, to, to meet the moment, as you said. Um, and I think that what generally happens is that after that period, people start um, wanting to, to, to do something very different, right? So after um, in, in the 1920s, after the, the First World War and the previous pandemic, uh, there was the Roaring 20s, and there were these flapper dresses. Um, and then after World War II, uh, where you know women in particular were wearing you know very sort of masculinized clothing, there there was this new look that came out developed by Christian Dior, where which was very feminized. And so I think after the crisis, there's this brief period where people are just really sick of being forced to wear a particular type of. A garment, and they, they go in the opposite direction. But that's not the whole story. Um, when you look at at the span of history, what tends to happen is that shifts that happened during that moment of crisis live on. And so I think in this particular moment, we're going to see that, uh, you know, sweatpants became a uniform for us. And there's no reason that that's not going to continue to be the case, particularly as our, lifet- our as our lifestyles change more permanently. Um, because, you know, it seems like work from home is going to be increasingly the way that we, we work. And so it, it totally makes sense that things like sweatpants and nap dresses are going to be what we wear to work because we're going to be working at home.
3: We're talking with Elizabeth Segrin, senior staff writer for Fast Company. So I want to dig into what you're saying a little bit more. So post-World War II, when women were wearing coveralls and more masculine, more practical clothing, you're talking about how Christian Dior came out with these, like, A-line skirts and these really fitted waists and short feminine jackets. So it was like this radically feminine reversal. And... I'm assuming that some in the fashion industry are expecting that to happen and are probably gearing up in that direction. Um, so first of all, let me just ask you that. Is that something that some designers think will happen and are trying to design for?
4: Yes, absolutely. So I think there's um, there's a lot of discussion among designers and fashion brands about what comes next. And I think that there is um, a sense that people are going to want to return to fabulous clothing, um, at least for a little while. But I think that this, there, there's also another more practical fact here, which is that a lot of designers had created clothes for 2020 that they were not able to sell because nobody was buying clothes for weddings, um, you know, formal wear. And so there is this kind of backlog of inventory, which I think will be marketed to us uh, as soon as the world returns to normal. So, so there's there's that happening. But I, I think that, you know, when I've spoken to designers, many of them have acknowledged that there is a, a sort of irreversible change that's happening. And, and it's something that they've been thinking about for a long time. Uh, you know, a, a few decades ago, it, it seemed completely inconceivable that people would go to Work to offices wearing leggings, but you know Lululemon sells lots of leggings that women actually wear to the office with a, with a nice top. Um, this is already something that the fashion industry has been, has been seeing and, and adapting to. And so I think that they're going to continue doing that. Um, and, you know, designers are gonna create, you know, high-end uh, sweatpants. We're already seeing that. We're seeing these beautiful cashmere sweat sweatpants that are uber comfortable. Uh, we're seeing s- sweatpants with, you know, slightly different cuts and fits. Um, there's certainly going to be an effort to you know, elevate the sweatpant, but I do think that the sweatpant is going to be, uh, you know, part of our everyday wear from now on.
3: Well, a couple of comments are reflecting different things we've talked about in our conversation. So, for example, KQED arts reporter Nastya Boynovskaya, I think, is reflecting this desire to try to get a little more dressy again, uh, Nastia tweets, I wore a fuzzy pink bucket hat to a Zoom meeting yesterday to spice things up.
4: Very nice.
3: (laughs) And then Irina tweets, I've been wearing cardigans a lot more than I used to. Big and soft cardigans for cold mornings, regular ones for a casual vibe leaving the house, or lighter ones to pair as an outfit for the occasional times I want to look cute for myself at home. So I think Irina is also really pulling together what you've been talking about. It sounds like you're saying, or I'm wondering if you think the pandemic, as we've been moving towards more casual generally, do you think the pandemic really accelerated that trend?
4: Yes, I think it, 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 um it accelerated a trend that had already been happening and and that's actually something that we see over and over again throughout history. when these moments of crisis happen, um, th- there's there's basically an uh, an acceleration of something that was already beginning to happen, right? so so pockets were already slowly beginning to to pop up before World War one. and suddenly they, you know, it, they had the technology and the design uh, and the patterns to make these dresses and suddenly everybody was, was you know, incorporating them. Um, mm. Same with trousers, right? They had they'd started fitting uh, women in trousers. These are trends that have already been happening. The, the materials and the technologies are out there. There, there are factories that are already uh, skilled at making these products. And so now they're just kind of accelerating that. But I think the other kind of important thing to bring up here is that just in general, we have been consuming a lot fewer clothes during the pandemic. So so many of us are going back to the same few items. I've been wearing the same three nap dresses in rotation for the last year. Um, And so I think that one other important thing that's going to come out of this is that we may move towards uh, realizing that we don't need as much. Um, And that's really important because um, for the last 20 years, there's been this huge shift towards uh, fast fashion, which has caused us to consume, uh, you know, far more clothes than we actually need.
3: Yes. And and also made clothes so much less quality, like less durable,
4: (laughs) Totally. And I think that the pandemic has just forced us to take a different approach to our clothes. We're wearing our clothes frequently. We're wearing the same clothes day after day. Um, And so I think, you know, this is a good trend that's happened. And and when we do have this moment of, you know, like all your colleagues are talking about, wanting a a, a shift, right, and wanting to to try, you know, fabulous clothes again, uh, we might turn to, for instance, a a, a platform like Rent the Runway and, and just rent these clothes instead of buying them now that we know what it's like to just have, you know, have fewer clothes in our daily rotation.
3: Well, I hope if we do move toward uh, more quality, durable clothing that it will also become more affordable because that's also something that's made fast fashion so appealing as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that in in the conversations that I've had with designers over the course of my work, um, they are noticing that durability is something that seems important. People are willing to spend a little bit more for a a garment that they they know will last them longer. Um, And that's new because, you know, over the past 20 years, the, the push has been towards creating clothes that are basically disposable. And so this might ultimately actually be what the fashion industry needed to change behaviors so that we can go back to a more sustainable form of consumption when it comes to clothing.
3: We're talking about COVID fashion and how the pandemic has shaped our attitudes about clothing. We're talking with Elizabeth Siegrin, senior staff writer for Fast Company, and we want to invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation. What item of clothing or an accessory has gotten you through the pandemic? Are you considering never dressing up again because you've enjoyed this so much, or are you excited about dressing for going out wearing trendy styles? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or email your questions or comments to forum at kqed.org. We'll have more after the break. I'm Mina Kim. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about how the pandemic has shaped our attitudes toward fashion and what post-pandemic fashion will be. Give us a call 866-733-6786 if you want to share what item of clothing has gotten you through so far and what you're considering now, never dressing up again or excited to dress up. Have you begun to rethink the importance of how you appear to the outside world or other noticing other cultural shifts related to clothes. Again, 866 6786 Our email address, forum at kqed.org. Reach us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED forum. We're joined by Elizabeth Seagrin, senior staff writer at Fast Company. And joining us now is Rayhan Harmancy, culture writer, and her story, Pandemic Dressing Takes a Dark Turn, appears in the New York Times. It appeared in the New York Times in January. Rayhan Harmancy, Harmancy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. So that piece that you wrote in January was really interesting because you observed and experienced yourself another phenomenon that you describe as hate wearing. (laughs) Hate wear. So can you explain what that is? What is hate wearing?
2: Yes. Um, (laughs) I, <laughs> what is hate wearing? <laughs> Um Well, or starters, is it the easiest uh, way is to tell us what you would hate wear? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for this occasion, you guys can't see me, but I'm currently wearing uh, a hat that doesn't fit, um, <laughs> clothing of various sizes and fabrics, which I don't particularly like, just to get in the mood. Um, <laughs> no, I think that for me, it just became a thing I noticed this summer after I watched this movie um, that I hadn't seen in a while, Friends with Money. And there's a character in it played by Frances McDormand who um, in the film, she starts um, just not washing her hair. And so like, as the movie goes on, her friends are like, what is, is, what is up with you? You know, like you're a fashion designer and you don't, you you look crazy. And then um, towards the end, you kind of get into like what is going on in her head. She has like kind of a short fuse in general. And I think in the film it was like about like a midlife crisis, um, but it really resonated with me because I feel like, like what we wear during the pandemic, like for me, hate wearing is kind of this like weird internal protest. Like Hmm. um, I'm not dressing to go anywhere for anyone. And I'm maybe kind of mad about it. Um, And so in the story, I try to sort of break down, like, I think it's when it's not wearing like clothing that you love, but you think other people think ugly. I think hate wearing is more about like not even liking what you're wearing.
3: And that relates to the pandemic in what ways? I can hear it in in your answer, but just wanting to go a little deeper on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that like for a lot of us whose identities are um, related to where we work, like how we appear in the world when you're sort of forced inside as many white collar workers are, I think it is a kind of fundamental identity question, you know, Mm. like it seems like kind of silly, but like you have to put on clothing. Well, I guess you don't, but most people do put on clothing like in the morning. And I think that is some sort of reflection of like who they think they are, how they appear to the world. And I think that has been shaken up a bit this year.
3: Well, let me go to caller Juan in San Francisco. And you know what? I think, oh, here, here we go.
1: Hi, Juan.
5: Uh, Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm well. Go right ahead.
5: Yeah. I was just going to comment on this idea of fashion that um, I'm just so happy to see my wife kind of fall into this very, uh, not necessarily a unique uniform, but you know, like an image that she's portraying that is really her. Whereas before the pandemic, she was so quick to like buy a lot of things and try them out, and you know, like it messes with with her kind of like, do I fit in this? Do I not fit in this? So I'm just really happy that the pandemic has allowed her to like really just get into, you know, a reflection of who she really, really is. And
3: it sounds like well. do you, do you mean that she was based? You feel like she was dressing for others as opposed to really for herself before the pandemic. And Juan, maybe you're trying to answer, but for some reason your phone is cutting oh. out. So yeah, I think, I think your connection's just a little, um, a little off. So we're going to, we're going to assume that's what you meant. And then I'm going to move on to our next caller, Sally in San Francisco. Hi, Sally. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, go right ahead.
6: Uh, One of the things I found myself doing, uh, like a lot of people, I think, is clearing out my closets, getting rid of clothes, deciding what I really want to keep. But when I wanted to replace items, um, I've been turning to uh, sites that offer previously used clothing um, because, A, you can get some really nice pieces at a really nice price. And also, you know, it's helping with the... uh, with fighting climate change and using all the water that's made for, fa- used for fast clothing.
3: Mm. Is this something, I'm sure you were cognizant of it before the pandemic, Sally, but do you think that this is something that has been influenced by the pandemic for
2: you?
6: Absolutely. Yes, I, I do think so. Um, I mean, A, online shopping is so, so much easier these days. Um, and also, yes, I think because I've had so much more time on my hands. Um, my my wardrobe is something that uh, has, uh, I don't know, something I've taken more interest in, I suppose.
3: Well, Sally, thanks for sharing that. This listener tweets, Same five or six T-shirts topped with either the same flannel or the same work shirt where appropriate. Same three pairs of jeans, all bird slippers when it's below 65 degrees, plastic Birkenstocks when it's above, probably 25 days a month since this began. Yeah, uh, this almost sounds like a combination of the two things we were talking about Elizabeth Segrin and uh, Rayon Harmoncy, <laughs> Somebody who is going back to the same things all the time, but I'm not sure Rayon Harmoncy, if she is enjoying or if this listener is enjoying it.
2: Yeah, no, I mean that was quite a list. Um it's yeah. Yeah.
4: I, mean, I think it, maybe it's it,
2: liberating.
3: It hits well, on Yeah, go ahead, Elizabeth Segrin.
4: No, I mean, I think it's really interesting because, um, you know, I think I think Rehan's point that clothes are this crucial way that we have been taught that we can express ourselves um, that, you know, that's something that we've had to rethink. I mean, on a deeper level, that's really something that we've had to rethink. And I think that. Um This also plays into the whole the, the language of fast fashion, right, which is that you 're supposed to have new outfits for uh, for different occasions and and for different moods that you 're in and I think that you know this is sort of like prompting a lot of people to really ask themselves you know what do I want to wear?" when I'm at home, when I'm by myself, you know, when I'm not in front of other people. And I think in some cases, you know, it leads to like, you know, minor like existential crises. Um, and in other cases, people are, you know, are just like, are, are finding their favorite thing to wear that, that they feel really makes them feel like themselves. And they're, they're sort of going with it.
3: Mm. Have you felt more freedom to hate wear during the pandemic, Rehan Harmancy, because you aren't going out?
2: Oh, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I would have c- considered what I, I mean. I think hate wear is totally a pro- like product of the pandemic, um, and I think that sort of question of like, like when you're, you know, on work calls all day or sort of like trying to adopt like a professional persona, but like you're um, constantly in your house. I think like, does it matter what I wear? Does it matter what I look like? Like. Um, do I wish I had some place to go or the, you know, am I happy to like have purchased like 15 pairs of sweatpants this month? Like um, I think that those can like sort of cut surprisingly deep. Yeah. Um, well, Lynn writes, as someone who has
3: worked from home since 2012, I definitely opt for a more casual day dress. However, I never wear sweatpants. I find I'm more productive if I get fully dressed even shoes. I think what Lynn is getting at and sort of the other things that we've been talking about is also just this psycho-emotional role of fashion, like the psychological effects of clothes on us, Rayanne Harmansey.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, um gosh, I remember that like a strategy I had have had for years is like, if I'm, have a slight cold or like perhaps even a mild hangover, I would dress kind of extra formally for work. And that would kind of like, um, remind me like, um, that I am in a professional setting, you know, and I think just like strategies we've had to kind of like reflect our mood or our role or, you know, is it, are you having a job interview? You know, like, um, that, I mean, I'm thinking of it more in a professional sphere than like a a personal or kind of like. you know, going out kind of way. But um, it it becomes really confusing when you can be anywhere and look any ways and um, you're just appearing digitally.
3: Well, let me go next to caller Linda in New Orleans. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling in. So
7: um, I have given up and am boycotting wearing a bra since the (laughs) beginning of the pandemic because um, I figure that'll make the pandemic be over faster so people don't have to look at me without a bra. (laughs)
8: Um,
7: Number one, um, I have bought, I bought right before it started, the most expensive bra I've ever bought in my life for $65, and it's just sitting there taunting me, but I am holding fast. And because I live in New Orleans, I make up for it by wearing gorgeous costumes and uh, dresses, even when I'm just going to the local coffee shop.
3: Oh, wow. Well, I have a couple of things to ask you. One is, why do you describe not wearing a bra as boycotting? What do you attach to wearing it?
7: <sighs> well, I'm mad, right? So when you're, when you're mad at something, you boycott something. So um maybe I'm mad at having to wear a bra my whole life. I and I'm mad at the pandemic. Mm. I don't I don't even know, but that's just my my way of describing it.
3: Rahan Harmoncy, that sounds very close to haywear.
2: Lynn, I think that you'd be very at home at my college group chat, which has been debating bras for the past six months now. Um, and uh, you know, mostly opting against them, um, or maybe experimenting with um sports bras all the time i you know um no no, yeah no i think think boycott's
3: the right word no bra (laughs) nothing 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 constricting um (laughs) nothing thank you well thanks linda um well i want to ask you one last thing rehan harmon before you need to leave us which is i understand from a piece that i read by you in the cut that you and your family got really sick with COVID 19 last year and i wonder if you think that experience influenced hate wearing for you?
2: Oh, ah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that, I think, I, I don't, I don't think that, although my therapist and I will be excited to explore that next week. Um, <laughs> I think that for me, honestly, um, it was when I was supposed to return to work in March, it was after having my second kid, And so I think that like questions of like how you look, who you are, I think are super in flux, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. pregnant and then you're postpartum. And so I think for me, hate wearing was more of a reflection of like that kind of more existential confusion where I was like excited to sort of return to um, like a kind of professional independent me. And obviously that was not in the cards this past year.
3: Rayhan Harmansi, culture writer. Her story, Pandemic Dressing Takes a Dark Turn, was in the New York Times in January. Thanks so much for talking with us. Really appreciate Thank you very having you on.
7: so much for having me.
3: And we're talking with Elizabeth Segrin, senior staff writer at Fast Company, about COVID fashion, how the pandemic has shaped our attitudes about clothing, and also our attitudes about outward appearances. And there's so much to dig into. We're getting lots of calls and comments. So let me just see if I can grab one more Elizabeth Segrin. Sharon in Oakland. Go ahead. Just before the break here. Mm -hmm. Hi, Sharon.
7: Oh, hey. Um, Well, I'm very concerned about people dressing up for Zoom. I just think people should. I think um, people are disappearing on Zoom. And if you need to have a meeting, I think it's very important. (laughs) Dress up, bring in that color. I don't know, earrings, scarves, whatever it takes, you know, put cold water on your face. That's what (laughs) dress. I mean, I think it's critical. I think it's critical. Dressing up can really help uplift the spirit.
3: Because you feel like, why do you feel like you need that?
7: Uh, because I want to see it reflected back.
3: Mm, That's why. Like some sense of, of trying. Well, Matt writes kind of something similar. Matt writes, Being in Silicon Valley where the hoodie is the uniform, our team has taken the opportunity to have days where we dress up for video conferences. I've worn a tuxedo more in the last year than the previous four <laughs> combined. <That's laughs> Elizabeth it. Elizabeth Ziegren, your reaction to what you're hearing Sharon say and, and Matt say.
4: I think that what's really interesting is that, you know, it seems like we're all going through this pandemic together, but actually I think that we're all sort of at different stages emotionally, um, you know, within this pandemic. Some of us are really eager uh, for life to get back to normal and we want to see normalcy reflected, you know, in in terms of what we're wearing. And others, you know, there was a few weeks ago where I was just burned out, you know, life was just really... Uh, exhausting, um, and that week I didn't even wear my nap dress. I was like in pajamas all week. <laughs> um, so I really think that you know part part of what we're talking about here, and I think what um, Rehan was was um, talking about was that what this is really showing us is how, how really intertwined this expression of our identity is, uh, to, to who we are, right? How, how, our clothes really reflect and interact with who we are internally. And I think that in some cases, um, the clothes that we wear can certainly help shift our mood, but in other cases, I think that, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody who is already at a breaking point, uh, to, to, to put on some, some lipstick, you know? So I, I think really we we sort of need to be empathetic about where we're all at on this journey
3: well karen tweets please talk about fashion for men has that changed because of the pandemic
4: yeah, so, so yes, indeed, I have I've been talking about shifts uh, primarily with women, but um, this trend towards more casualization has been happening with men as well. Um, and it's so interesting because uh, historically, the suit uh, you, that, that men wore to work was this Im- really important symbol of, of male power. Um, and that has slowly been changing over the last 30 years as, as men started sort of wearing and khakis to work, and then in the last ten years, there's been this shift towards, you know, joggers, and and now, you know, there, there are brands that are literally designing um, sweatpants and, and other sort of active wear specifically for. The office. So so there's definitely this this trend that's happening. And I certainly think that uh, after the pandemic, this casualization that we're seeing, you know, sweatpants everywhere, I think that that's going to be increasingly what we see um, men wear, you know, even in in slightly more formal occasions. Um, But I I think that it also points to this this underlying um, issue, right, which is that this important symbol of male power is sort of disappearing. And now men and women are are both sort of wearing sweatpants all the time. I think think it's reflective of how gender norms and power dynamics in society are are also changing.
3: Well, this listener wants to know if we can talk about, regarding pandemic fashion, the glorious and iconic Birkenstock. I feel like the Birkenstock was having a moment even pre-pandemic, but... Um, can you talk
4: about the Birkenstocks' role during the pandemic? Are you seeing it happen? Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, so you know, there are all of these uh, casualization has been happening throughout the you know every part of what we wear, and and the Birkenstock uh, had this comeback. You know, there was a long time when people talked about it as kind of an ugly shoe, and now um, it's it's just part of what we wear every day. And I think it's just another thing that um, that is allowing us to feel comfortable. During this period, in my case, I'm wearing uh, Dansko clogs, uh, another uh, piece of footwear that that's like extremely comfortable. I think we're all moving towards comfort. Um, and, and, and that's, I think that's a really, that's a great thing. And, 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 brands and designers are trying to make these comfortable things as, as beautiful as they can. Um, and, and the same is true with, with, um, Birkenstock they, they've come up with really beautiful, but, but very comfortable, um, <laughs> their sandal.
3: Well, we're coming up on a break here, but I do want to, after the break, dig in with you a little bit more about what I was hearing, especially from our earlier listener about, Just the pandemic making us think about vulnerability and sustainability and, uh, and how whether this moment really might be enough to really shake up the fashion industry. So stay with us for that. I'm Mina Kim.
8: We've all got those parts of our house where the Internet just won't go.
3: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking with Elizabeth Seagrin, Senior Staff Writer at Fast Company, about our clothing choices during the pandemic, what they say about us, what those choices might be after the pandemic, and the cultural shifts in fashion that the pandemic has brought or accelerated. And we want to hear from you. What item of clothing has gotten you through? Are you considering never dressing up again? or Are you excited about dressing for the office or for wearing trendy styles or for going out have you begun to rethink the importance of how you appear to the outside world as a result of the pandemic and some norms that have been put in place? 866-733-6786 is the number. Email address, forum at kqed.org. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. This listener writes, the cozy, a giant fleece-lined hoodie. It's all over TikTok and something I wear too often. And KQED's Carly Severn tweets, jumpsuits All day, every day. Wow, my KQED crew got into this. KQED's Ethan tobin Lindsay tweets. I was talking with another father last week, and neither of us could remember the last time we put on shoes that had laces. Um, Elizabeth Stegren, one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about was manufacturing. You were touching on this earlier about how... Fast fashion uh, and fast fashion brands have been rethinking what they do. And I was thinking about how the pandemic has has really made us think about our vulnerability as human beings and maybe think more about the environment and the sustainability uh, generally and the kinds of, of issues that fashion creates for the environment. So can you talk a little bit about what changes you've been seeing on that front with brands and manufacturing?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think the important thing to to provide context here is that, you know, the fashion industry is a highly polluting industry. It is responsible for between 4 and 10% of global emissions. It's responsible for 20% of all toxic wastewater. Um, it is a terribly polluting industry that is Accelerating uh, climate change and it's causing so much pollution, and and you know when you really look at it, um, the problem is not necessarily you know specific materials or uh, particular manufacturing practices. It's just the sheer volume of clothes uh, that are being produced. There's data that shows that between 2000 and 2015 the number of clothes manufactured every year doubled from 50 billion to a hundred billion garments a year. So, so now there's, there's more than a hundred billion garments being made every year for 8 billion humans. Uh, That is way more clothes than any of this needs. And it's all driving uh, the planet towards um, collapse, which is the brink of collapse. So I think, you know, the thing that that will really change, um, you know, the the future of the planet and and really make the fashion industry more sustainable is just uh, reversing this trend of overproduction and and just you know for consumers to be to own less and to wear the things that they own longer and you know what happened during the pandemic (laughs) a lot of us started buying less uh and and wearing those clothes more frequently so as somebody who thinks a lot about sustainability and fashion um, I think this is really amazing because it, it was really hard to change consumer behavior. And this, this external thing that happened to all of us um, had a way of changing our relationship with clothing. Now, the question is, can, can this continue, right? What's going to happen after this? Um, and I think that it's just really important, uh, for all of us to be a lot more, uh, conscious uh, and, and about, about our consumption habits and, and also realize that we can, we can do very well with less. Um, and so, you know, I've already heard from some of your listeners who are saying, you know, Man, you know, being at home for a year has made me, you know, rethink all of the clothes that I have. Um I think that that's happening all over the country and if as as a as a collective group of consumers we 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 make this shift, I think that's going to be that that's a really a welcome a change for the for the whole world.
3: And let me go to caller David in Oakland next. Hi David.
7: Hey, how are you doing? Great. Uh first off, I want to Add a plug for the Birkenstocks. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I'm i wearing Birkenstock clogs right now, which for years I thought was the ugliest shoe anyone could ever imagine. And I just finally just bought a pair a month ago, and this is the only thing I wear.
4: <laughs> well, but, thank you for sharing. Than, did you have
3: something else, or <laughs> did you want other to Other than leave? that,
7: I think... I think that uh, the point, revisiting the point about getting ready in the morning with all our kids homeschooling, um, I find that, especially with my kids, making sure they get out of their pajamas and get dressed in the morning um, really motivates them. And I kind of feel it does the same thing for me. Hmm. So just, you know, with all the parents struggling with the kids and having a hard time in school and everything like that, that's something that really helps us. And on Saturday mornings,
3: too, to get going. Yeah, well, David, thanks for saying that, because the psychological effect of clothes is definitely coming through In a lot of our comments, for example, Sandra writes, I feel so much better when I look nice. My husband and I get dressed every night for dinner, but I'm really looking forward to wearing jackets and blazers again. Paula writes, now I dress up when I go out because I want to be creative and glamorous. At home, I gravitate to my favorite comfort clothes, but I get so bored with them. The first festival I go to, I'm wearing my tutu because I just don't care what people think. I am 58. Uh, and Aaron writes, I embrace hateware as an expression of my resentment of phony professionalism, which the pandemic exacerbated. Having the same expectations placed on us during the pandemic when they were already unrealistic to begin with just speaks to coldness and, true unca- and the true uncaring nature of the corporate
5: world. <laughs>
3: Let me go to Julia in Palo
5: Alto. Hi, Julia. Yes, hi. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I was calling to uh throw in my hat, so to speak, with the listeners who are looking forward to dressing up again. Uh for me during COVID, one of the there have been a lot of life changes over the last couple of years, but obviously with COVID coming along and particularly with uh, the discovery that obesity seems to be a comorbidity for, factor for it. I finally got very scared and said, Okay, I need to take the doctor's advice and try to lose some weight. So I've been fortunate that my I was able to do this, that my COVID project has been uh to lose uh, to lose quite a lot of weight. And so now I'm looking at all these lovely things in my closet that I've owned for years but have not been able to wear. And I'm very much looking forward to, to COVID being over. So we could go out and dress up and put some effort in and frankly feel better about myself and hopefully look at lots of other folks who have made an effort to uh, to look their best as well. And I'm not referring necessarily to wait to wait on other people, but um, but just making an effort. I mean, like like many of your listeners, I sit at home in comfort wear and gym clothes and T-shirts and sweats and that sort of thing. But uh, I'm totally sick of it and can't wait to go
4: out and be a little bit more
5: formal.
3: Uh, well, Julia, thanks for sharing that. Elizabeth Secret. I don't know if you have a
4: reaction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean I just hearing the spectrum of, of places on the emotional uh on the emotional spectrum there is, is really interesting from people really being angry to being sort of excited about the future. Um I do think that um that that the rebound is gonna happen. If history is any um is any in, um, is, is any guide for us, there is going to be this return to wanting to go out and wear very different clothes. I just hope that this time um, uh, we turn to some of the new sustainable technologies that we now have to do that, right? So like maybe we can turn to clothing rentals or maybe we can, um, we can buy secondhand clothes on, on all of the different secondhand marketplaces that are out there. I, I think that it's, re- it's possible for us to, um, to embrace this moment of return to normalcy and, and fabulousness um, while, while also you know, sort of adhering to our sustainable values.
3: Well, Trudy writes, I bought navy blue men's coveralls like a working guy. I wear them while I make art. I like the androgyny of them, the comfort, the functionality. Wearing them makes me feel like I am really working. Navi writes, My parents forced me to wear sweatpants as a kid. I hated the feel and look. I'm male identified and I'm wearing a pair of leggings as I type this, and they feel amazing. Yes. (laughs) Let me go to Vijaya or Vigaya in Sunnyvale. Join us. Vijaya. Am I saying your name right? Uh, Yes,
7: it's Vijaya. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So I uh, host and produce shows on South Asian radio here in the Bay Area. And ever since this pandemic lockdown happened, everything's moved to Zoom. And, uh, you know, the shows are even broadcast on Facebook Live as well. So I decided to then wear my saris, which have been just sitting in the closet forever. I've inherited thousands of them from my mother as an only child and so I said they're not getting their time in the sun so I decided to make it an occasion and wear it for every show. Aww. So that's how <laughs> I'm using this time and, and it makes me feel good. I dress up for that bit and you know it, it makes you feel like all dressed up and somewhere to go kind of thing so so it's nice. Well yeah. Shaya,
3: thanks for sharing that I really appreciate I, it. I really love
4: that um, I'm also South Asian um, and but that also makes me re- uh, re- it reminds me of something which is that there's this other um, South Asian garment it's called the korta it's, it's called different things in different parts of the country but it's essentially a very glamorous pajama with uh, with a drawstring waist um, and I think it's it sort of exemplifies how you can be both fabulous and comfortable. And I think that that's kind of the lane I want to go in after the, after the pandemic. <laughs> um,
3: again, Elizabeth Siegrin is senior staff writer at Fast Company. You're listening to Forum. I'm a Kim. And Cole writes, I go as far as to screen test some of my outfits before Zoom time. Avoid pinstripes. They blur. And Jan writes, I've always enjoyed fashion, so I attempt to do my part. I dress smart and casual most days as I want to present well on Zoom. But I do have to remember that I don't have to top up my lipstick when going out because masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Segrin, these two comments are actually reminding me in terms of when we were talking about what could last from this pandemic. I mean, first of all, what, how clothing looks on screen. How big of that is a consideration in the fashion industry. How big is that a consideration in the fashion industry? And I'm also really curious to, to know what you think will be the future of face masks.
4: Ooh. Well, okay. I have, um, I have answers to both of those. So in, in terms of the first one um, I have heard from designers that they're actively designing for zoom. Um, so I was talking to Rebecca Minkoff recently and, you know, she Uh, is basically very conscious about uh, how clothes are going to look on Zoom as she's designing them. And so many of her most recent pieces have kind of dramatic uh, sleeves, which tend to show up pretty nicely. Um, She's also selling a lot more uh, accessories, um, things like necklaces and scarves. There's been a spike in some companies' jewelry sales, because those are things that are visible on Zoom. And all of these companies are really betting that Zoom is going to be part of our Life uh, indefinitely. You know, after all of this, you know, even if some of us are going back to work, uh, we're going to be uh, living the Zoom life for a long time. And so this is this is this is the new normal. Um so so definitely designers are actively thinking about this, and uh, fabulous tops for Zoom are going to be part of our future. Um and then in terms of the other question about masks, um, so the experts that I've spoken to think that. Uh, masks are going to be part of our our lives, um, you know, for a long time. This already happened in Asia um, after, um, you know, previous pandemics that they experienced, um, like the bird flu, for instance, um, and other uh, pandemics that were worse in that region. Mask wearing sort of became uh, normal for them. Um, And, you know, if somebody, you know, is just not feeling well, um, or if there's kind of a high incidence of a flu that season. Um, everybody just takes their masks um, back out and puts them on. Um, and so I think that there's a very good chance that that's going to happen here as well. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some evidence that, you know, this year in the United States, uh, we, we didn't really get a flu season, partly because all of us were wearing masks. And so even after the COVID pandemic is gone, when flu season comes around, um, you know, any of us who, who's, who's conscious of it um, and doesn't want to get the flu, we might start just wearing masks again.
3: Well, I mean, I'm sure then the industry is thinking about, I I guess they already have been in terms of just the style of masks and what masks communicate.
4: Totally. There's there's a lot of a lot. Every fashion designer has their own mask. There are these beautiful um, chains now and necklaces that you can have to attach the uh, the the mask to your to your outfit. Um, And so fashionable masks are definitely a a thing now. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I, it's kind of a little bit depressing, I think, because. You know, for us, I think it's it the mask is is the singular symbol yes. of, of this dark period, um, and so I I'm going to be very excited to to be out in the world not wearing a mask again, um, but I, I do think that you know in six months from now, a year from now, um, you know, if somebody in my family is not feeling well, I might put on a mask again so that I you know I, I don't uh, inadvertently infect somebody else.
3: Let me go to Daniel in San Francisco. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Nina. Hi. What do you want to say, Daniel? um, I've been swimming uh, since COVID in the
7: Bay. So I'm either wearing a a Speedo, a caftan, or nothing at all at Baker Beach. (laughs) Well, that's That's great. I wanted to be.
3: And is that something you would have done before pandemic?
7: No, no, no. I started, yeah, I started um, after the pandemic because all the gyms closed down. And um, I was always a swimmer. And... um, So all the pools were closed down, everything closed down. So then I just started swimming in the bay. It's been um,
0: a game changer. And I love
7: it.
3: Well, Daniel, thanks for sharing that. Um, Well, we have, we're almost out of time here. We've got a couple of more comments that are definitely leaning towards the desire to dress up that you're saying that is out there, Elizabeth Segrin. John writes, the beautiful formal fashion at Biden's inauguration made me yearn for occasions where it's imperative to dress up. Kathy tweets, yesterday I put on a new pair of jeans, not sweats, and nice flats, not slippers, and went to a hair salon. It felt wonderful, like a small step on the path to normal. And so, yes, we're definitely getting at at the... uh, We're definitely getting at this desire to to dress up and look nice again coming through from our listeners. But overall, and I don't know if you have the same impression Elizabeth Sequin, it really just sounds like people are wearing what feels right to them as opposed to worrying as much about what other people see since there really isn't as much of that. um, Especially when we're going out, especially in terms of going out for fun or for other reasons that are not work related. And I really hope at least that continues.
4: (laughs) I think it's It's a wonderful, it's an absolutely wonderful development that we're dressing for ourselves um, and we're dressing to feel good and to feel comfortable. And I think, you know, just even being aware, uh, you know, there was one very early listener who was talking about how his wife uh, is, is dressing so that she feels like herself even kind of identifying the outfit that makes us feel most ourselves. I think that's, that's a really uh, important uh, thing to, to do just, you know, not just, you know, aesthetically and sartorially, but just, you know, as, as a way to sort of express our truest self. Right. Um, And so I I think that that, that's a really wonderful thing.
3: Well, Elizabeth Seagrin, I so appreciate you coming on to talk with us about COVID fashion and, and what this time will do in terms of our relationship to clothing but also in terms of the cultural shifts that we are making as a nation elizabeth segren senior staff writer at fast company thank you again
4: thank you so much and i think you should definitely have fashion friday from now on (laughs)
3: <laughs> and, well thanks and you can send in pics listeners of your comfort clothes for a chance to be featured on our Instagram if you would like so please do that and I want to thank Susan Britton for producing today's segment Forum is also produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Lauerberg, Ariana Prale, Blanca Torres, Grace One, Raquel Maria Dillon our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, our interns are Leslie Torres and Kimia Akbari, our executive editor is Ethan tobin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan and I also want to note that today is Dan Zoll's last official day as Forum senior editor. Under Dan's leadership, Forum broadened its range of topics, its responsiveness to breaking news, and nurtured new talent. Now, after 14 years of guiding the program, our always kind and thoughtful Elvis Costello superfan is beginning a new chapter of his own. So on behalf of the team, Dan, it's been an honor. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. <laughs>